Welcome to College Unbound, the weekly podcast by Focus Collegiate, dedicated to diverse learning in the college environment. Thanks for being with us. This is Jane Taylor here with my colleague, Anne-Marie Stripling. Anne-Marie is the Focus Collegiate Enrollment and Outreach Director. Always a pleasure, Anne-Marie. Nice to see you. Absolutely, Jane. Nice to see you. Today, our subject is You Don't Know What You Don't Know, A Parent's Perspective. We've spoken to experts during this podcast, but truly, there is no expertise like that of a parent. Our guest today is the mom of four children. Two have already graduated from college and two twins, one in college, the other taking a gap year. Welcome, Mary Hoffman. Thanks so much for being with us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Our society doesn't think of it this way, but the college experience is not limited to the student. A student's transition from high school to college impacts the whole family. Parents especially have a very active role in the transition, and that role changes quite a bit over time. Mary, tell us your story as a parent of four students in and around the college age. I have four children, and we have been through what would be equivalent to the college process multiple times because we did the application process for private high schools. And that's relevant to my story because we had to learn the hard way, the importance of fit. My oldest son picked a great school and he thrived. When we first went to Parents Weekend, we were like, who is this child and what have you done with him? You know, because he was like, when are you coming so I can manage my time? And um, My daughter picked a school that was equally rigorous, but I would say she didn't fit in. And consequently, she went from sort of top of the class to middling uh, or maybe even the bottom. And emotionally, by the time she graduated, she was kind of a wreck. It taught us how important it is to have all the pieces, um, academic, social, and emotional, be a fit. And the academics are great, but it really doesn't matter. She is a very smart person. But if you're not feeling like you fit in, you just can't bring out the best in in your child. And consequently, that led us to look at our twins. And one of the boys was thriving and one of them was withering. And I would say that um, our son, who is now a student at Focus Collegiate, needed something more than just academic rigor. And we made the decision to pull him out of the school he was in and move him to a place that was more socially and emotionally a fit. And, and mm-hmm. consequently, we, we um, lost out on the academic rigor. It's really hard to get all three of those pieces aligned, but it did the trick and he was able to um, rebound and feel confident about himself and he felt like he fit in. And then he took ownership of his classes Mm-hmm. You know, he made the decision to do the IB program in high school and he owned it and um, it, it turned out really well. All mm-hmm. of that's really important um, backdrop because when it came to looking at colleges, we knew that it was it was more than just looking for a name and more than just looking for a program. 
our kids needed to fit into the environment that they were in. And um, that has to do with size. It has to do with the student population and more than just the academics. So Mm -hmm. what was your role in your kids' transitions to college? It differed per child. I would say our oldest just went off seamlessly and, uh, you know, almost didn't look back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, our, our daughter went to college and again, she was sort of recuperating from her high school experience. And we received many, many, many phone calls. And at first we were sort of pushing her away and trying to get her to, you know, enjoy and accept where she had chosen to go. But then we realized she needed those phone calls and we needed to be there for her. It wasn't clear what our role was in that regard. And uh, I'm glad that we paid attention to the fact that she really did need to connect with us. I would also say in terms of the, the school application process, we largely let the kids drive that process. Mm-hmm. They, they um, need to drive that process, in our opinion, because when the times get hard, because they always get hard, there's always a period of like, here's this euphoria and excitement and we're going off to school and then there's the, you know, the dark winter hours where, where there's less daylight and the homework gets hard and, you know, they're uncertain about themselves and they really need to own the decision of like, I decided to go here. This is where I want to be. And so we let them drive the process. We certainly asked a lot of questions, you know, why is it that you're choosing this school? What is it that you really like about this school? And we made them visit all of the schools that they came down to in their final um, decision decision process. And we also treated it like a celebration. Important mm-hmm. to remember that this is sort of a period of like, look at you, look at what you've accomplished, look at how much you've grown. This is not just this gauntlet, you know, it's something to sort of be enjoyed because, you have all these choices and this is exciting and you're growing mm-hmm. up. And we treated those school revisits as, as sort of a celebration, you know, kind of a parade, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the juxtaposition of the dark winter hours and the celebration of, you know, the euphoria of getting the acceptance letter and knowing you're going to the school. Yay. Here's the big question, Mary. What is it that other parents don't know they don't know? What questions should parents be asking? What should they be watching out for? Um, (laughs) Well, well, I have two questions. One is, I would love to know the questions that you asked your children when they were going through that application process. So, you know, to try to understand why they were selecting the schools they were selecting but I would love to know more about the questions you were asking them as they were going through the application process. Cause I think that will help other parents understand how they can take a step back, but also be inquiring mm-hmm. as they're doing that. Well, I'm trying to think of like my oldest son, when we were going through kind of his list, we asked him what he was interested in for sure. We asked him if he was certain about those interests, and then we tried to ask him about what else are you going to do here? You know, it's not just about academics. Right. What what else is interesting to you here? Do you see people that you 
might feel comfortable going over and, and asking questions. And we did follow the suggestion of sitting in the cafeteria and sort of watching conversations with kids and, and watched how they treated each other. Mm-hmm. I guess it was really important for us to make sure that there was going to be balance. And so we tried to ask questions about balance um, because to be honest, all of the kids are, are pretty smart. We are not concerned that they can't get material, but we, they're all quirky. They, they haven't fit in to all of their environments. It has not been smooth sailing socially for them. Mm-hmm. And we have noticed a huge difference between when they fit in and, and, you know, their confidence level and when they're feeling sort of on the outs. My mm-hmm. daughter walked onto the campus that she ultimately chose and she saw people walking around in anime co- costumes. And she was like, this is my place. And, um, you know, believe it or not, she used to walk around on her very conservative camp, you know, high school campus wearing anime outfits. And she was the only one and she Mm -hmm. stood out like a sore thumb. And I guess I would say we just tried to ask questions about the other stuff. You know, are you going to get out of your dorm room? Are you going to go to this cafeteria? Are you feeling like you could join the ultimate Frisbee team here? Are you willing to to join and or create a club? I feel like that's the whole picture. And the whole picture is more important than just the singular academic picture. I love the anime. It's like, there they are, my people. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your other question, Anne-Marie, about students? I was thinking about kind of the before and the after, right? You know, once if students gets accepted or goes to school, what kinds of, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure. I guess, with- you know, one of the things that I want to say that my husband did a good job with all four kids, and I tried to stay out of this process because he does a good job of helping my kids find their voice when, when it c- came to their essays. And I don't know how to do that. I I just sort of prescribe, this is what you should be doing. And my husband just asks questions. The important thing that came out from his questions was that the kids each found their own voice in their essays, and they were able to convey themselves. You know, my son, uh, who Focus Collegiate is working with, wrote about playing video games. And I was like, oh, no. Don't, don't do that. Right. Like they're going to think you're sitting down in the basement playing video games all the time. And I'll tell you that it turned out to be a beautiful essay and you Mm. could, you could hear his voice and he was able to describe himself in a way as learning through video games, how to get along with others, how to accept defeats, how to, Uh, navigate challenges. I would have discouraged all of that. I would have been like, don't do that. That'll send the wrong message. And that was wrong. And I guess I would circle back to the bigger thing here, which is my way as a parent is not necessarily the way that my children need to go in terms of navigating themselves. And that has been sort of the biggest lesson I have learned overall in this whole college process, which is Mm -hmm. 
I need to stop directing, you know, focus collegiate uses, uses uh, wise roots parents and um, or parenting. And, you know, after listening to that, I can see so many directions that I need to change, but I've spent 18 years trying to fix this child. And I would say that in a way that, you know, it doesn't sound very nice, but he's had learning difficulties. He's got ADHD. He's on the spectrum. He has anxiety difficulties. And so I've spent 18 years trying to help him navigate so that he can get to this point and go to college. I wasn't sure even a year and a half ago if he was going to be going to college. And um, it is very hard to change that role from, Mm -hmm. hey, let me be, be the director to sitting back and letting him take charge. But if I don't let him take charge and, and um, own his own life, then I'm not going to have the outcome that either of us want. And I, I would say that's been my, my biggest lesson. Wise Root says it very clearly. Your child is fixed. And, and that hit me really hard because I've been trying to fix him for a really long time. Mm. And I've thought a lot about that ever since I heard that, because how would I like it if somebody was constantly trying to improve me? <laughs> right. And so the biggest change and the biggest um, lesson I have learned in letting go of my child is that he is competent. He wants to do well. And once I stop rescuing him and once I stop trying to be the director, um, he can do it. It's not been pretty. You know, in the middle of the first term, he was getting a D. <laughs> and boy, did I want to get my fingers involved. And, um, and, I, di- and I, I tried to. I really tried to. And I got sort of the, the arm's length, you know, back off. But he's actively choosing to seek his own help. And that has forced us to, to find a different um, platform to communicate. And, you know, sadly and interestingly, at the same time, I don't know how to talk to him. Mm. I've spent so many years talking to him about what needs to be done and, you know, checking up on him that now I'm finding it very difficult to find um, new ways to talk to him. And I'm trying and I'm working really hard. And, um, I would say I had a conversation with Anne Marie about this. You know, my biggest win is that he takes my phone calls now. (laughs) And it's not that we had a bad relationship before. It's just that it was always transactional. And today I can have a conversation with him and hear about what's going on in his life. And I make a conscious point not to be bugging him about all the stuff, you know, with my, like I said, I've had, I have four children. The path has been different for all of them. Um, my, my oldest went off seamlessly. My daughter needed a lot of hand holding, and this child needs the freedom to find himself and mm-hmm. not be burdened by all of my beliefs about him. You know, he went to Focus Collegiate over the summer and they were like, oh, he talks so much and they call him the mayor and everybody likes him and he's always doing all these different things. And I'm like, are you talking about my kid? Because my kid is very sullen, quiet and hangs out in his bedroom. You Mm -hmm. know, so I want him to have the freedom 
to be that other kid, not the kid that I see him as. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a huge realization. I love the idea of thinking of your son as the mayor. That makes me so happy. (laughs) So you've had this important role that's been very different for each of your kids. I wonder if you were uh, sobbing at the side of the road parent at drop-off. I know I certainly was. Or were you able to keep it together? Again, it differed. And also, um, because we did a lot of this in high school, you know, Mm. I remember my oldest when he went away to boarding school, walking by his bedroom over and over again and being sort of sad that it wasn't messy because oh. <laughs> he was gone. And then I would go in there and, and open and close the shades, you know, morning and night because I just, that was just the pattern. And I distinctly remember driving away and him trying to follow the car. So oh. we had we had been through sort of the gauntlet with with the kids in high school. And I would say that when they went to college, it was really celebratory. They had, they had earned it. It was Mm -hmm. exciting. They were launching as opposed Mm to um, being sad. No, I I was not sad by the time, you know, that they went to college. I I missed them all, Mm -hmm. but I feel like um, it's exciting. I, I'm wondering what's going to happen next for them. I love that, Mary. And I think you you had the unique experience to experience that sadness earlier because some of them went to boarding school. And I think for many parents, they are experiencing that sadness when the student is going to college because maybe they've been a student who's been living at home through high school. And so that um, that happens a little bit later. And it's hard because it should be celebratory, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also mixed with the sadness and the loss, frankly, of the student going away and becoming an adult, which is super exciting and super celebratory, but also the parent being homesick for their student, the student being homesick for their parent as well, you know? Um, And so it's mixed there. But I'm glad that you had that experience of super celebratory, you know, uh, because you had already kind of made that, that jump before. That is hard because it's a change in the relationship for both sides. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a fork in the road Mm -hmm. and um, it feels pretty abrupt for the parent because they don't get to have eyes on the ground and see that their kid's happy and, you know, making friends. Um, And, and the kid gets to be busy you know, but the parent goes home to the empty bedroom and, and that's, that's really hard. And, you know, you walk around the house and you see all the, you know, that's where we play Legos and that's where we have family dinner. And, you know, um, the parent doesn't get to be busy, but I, I would say it's, it's been important for me to think about, um, investing in, in finding a new, uh, way to have a relationship with all of the kids. Yeah. Let them make their decisions. Let them ask the questions. You know, my husband does a great job of that. I make statements. He asks questions. My, <laughs> my, my daughter called the other day and she had some sort of ailment. And my first response is, well, you need to do this. And my husband's like, what do you think you should be doing? I think asking questions is, is really um, relationship building as mm-hmm. opposed to making statements. So 
how has your life changed? Well, I'm sitting here alone with a couple of dogs. Um, I guess I'm, I'm watching four people emerge and um, maybe I'll circle back to what I heard in Wise Roots Parenting. You know, they talk a lot about being a farmer and not an architect. And the explanation is that as an architect, you're prescribing an outcome. And as a farmer, you're sort of nurturing the ground and wondering what's going to come of it. And I'm watching these kids emerge into young people and I'm wondering what's coming. My life has has changed over a period of time. It's not been abrupt because we chose to have um, the kids be involved in boarding school. So my my role has changed with all of them mm-hmm. over that longer period of time. What would you say has been the most difficult part of the college transition? I guess it's different for each of your students, but for you. I guess, again, circling back, and and maybe this makes me sound pretty self-absorbed, but it's been about me letting go. Mm -hmm. It's been about me, you know, the, the college process is not about me. It is about my child. It is about them growing up. It's about them making decisions about their future. It is not about my wants or needs. It's been very difficult to let go of being in charge, being Mm -hmm. the director, you know, telling them what they should be doing, even knowing this, you know, last night I I had a a call with my son because I heard that they're supposed to already be figuring out their housing for next year. Now they've, they've only been on campus for 10 weeks. So it's sort of crazy to me, you know, so of course, being the director, I have to call and advise him. Well, he's already, you know, working it out. And um, that's the hard part, stepping back mm-hmm. and, and letting them find their own way. And, and, you know, it's easy to say, let your kid fall and they'll get back up. Um, it's oh. really hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's also hard to know where that line is, especially when you have kids with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. Where is that line between falling down and... Um, really needing some support. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that's one of the reasons that we felt it sort of essential to have Focus Collegiate on board because our child is is quite competent. We're we're fortunate in that regard, but he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right, (laughs) right. right. And um, the risk of not having a safety net for this particular child is high. He doesn't need his father and I to be his safety net anymore because that is a different kind of dynamic and relationship. But by having an outside um, entity be his support network, he Hmm. feels ownership over that versus being sort of bossed around. Right. We are at the end of our time and I'm so happy that my last question is, what's the what's the gem? What's the takeaway? And you just you gave it to us about letting letting the uh, letting your students sit in the driver's seat. Thank you so much. I want to ask about the gap year, but we'll have to do that another time. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks very okay. much, Mary. I hope that meets your needs. Oh, very well. 
Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Take care.